in my own words and for the words to be understood by everybody, I will say biodiversity is everything around us. It is the air we breathe, it is the water we drink, it is the food we eat, it is the chemicals we use to store the food, it is the infrastructure like transport, it is the forest which helps us to sequence carbon and help them to mitigate climate change. So virtually biodiversity is everything. Welcome back to Africa Science Focus, a side of net production. I'm Sally Amutabi. This week, a special interview with one of the world's leading figures in sustainable development and international law. Last year, Tanzania's Elizabeth Maruma Mrema became the first African woman to lead the United Nations Biodiversity Convention. The CBD, as it is known, is an international agreement to protect the planet's biological diversity, to sustainably use global genetic resources and to fairly and equitably share the benefits we get from the world's ecosystems. Elizabeth took up the position of CBD Executive Secretary after more than 20 years in environmental law. Net Deputy Editor Fiona Broom spoke with Elizabeth about local solutions to Africa's environmental problems, food security and the upcoming decade on ecosystem restoration. You know, I come from the United Republic of Tanzania and actually my home village is exactly two kilometers from the spot where mountain climbers to the peak of mountain kilimanjaro begins so i've grown up uh, surrounded by water flows naturally flowing from the mountain to see how the land has become bare and bare as the years passed that those streams of water which were just flowing behind our home garden uh, watering the bananas and coffee as I grew up, that has disappeared. Up to two years ago last year, even seeing women with buckets looking for water and seeing that trend of nature loss, biodiversity loss, deforestation as I grew up, that we also now shamelessly talk of water scarcity in that area. So. I've grown up with nature, hopefully uh, with uh, not just local actions, but also at international level to be able to make a difference. So when we talk of ecosystems, goods and services, we depend on ecosystem for the food we eat, for the clean water, uh, to also sequester uh, carbon. These are the services then which are accrued from the uh, good, uh, sustainable management of the ecosystems. And how are ecosystem degradation and poverty and sustainable development connected? And why should communities uh, globally, but particularly in sub-Saharan Africa, why should they be concerned about biodiversity? You see, ecosystems and land degradation are accelerated through human activities. 
and human activities have negatively impacted the well-being of actually about 3.2 billion people and costing more than 10% of the annual global gross product in loss of biodiversity and ecosystems. And the main drivers, direct in fact drivers of ecosystem degradation are the expansion of crop and grazing lands into negative uh, vegetation, unsustainable agricultural or forest practices, climate change, urban expansion, infrastructure development, extractive industry, and putting that again specifically to Africa, suffers even more serious environmental challenges as the result of deforestation, soil erosion, desertification, wetland degradation, insect inf uh, infestation, and the like. And we know food and water security, sustainable management of ecosystem provides the benefit for increased employment or increased business spending or improved gender equity, all of which are critical to achieve sustainable development goals and poverty elevation because we know that land restoration is key for building social, economic, and ecological resilience. Every dollar spent on restoration between three to $75 of economic benefits from ecosystem goods and services can be expected or accrued. And the economic loss associated with the land degradation in sub-Saharan Africa alone is estimated at about $68 billion per year. So that is not a small magnitude. And Africa's biodiversity then is one of the key assets for the achievement of sustainable development goals and can be equitably used to reduce inequality and poverty on the continent. So we hope that with this decade uh, of uh, ecosystem restoration, really that the uh, millions of hectares of land will be not just restored, but restored well-managed, well-monitored to be able to sustainably be used and accrue the ecosystems, goods, and services expected for a better future and better future generation. The research community in sub-Saharan Africa is going from strength to strength. In terms of the biodiversity, ecosystem, and environment fields, are local solutions being developed to address this degradation and are homegrown, homegrown solutions to these issues important? Yes, indeed. I think it is important to underline that challenges of any environmental issue and of course ecosystem is, or biodiversity is not different, is better known and better understood by those facing the challenge because each region is unique in its own sense. The solutions therefore are within that local or regional or national situation. So if I may take one example, let's look at the Africa Green Great Wall, which is an African-led movement initiative supported by many partners and covering already over 20 countries in Africa. And it's looking at by 2030 
to be able to actually uh, restore over 100 million hectares of degraded land, be able to create over 10 million green jobs, and to be able to sequester about 250 million tons of carbon. So again, identified by the African countries, and they themselves have identified the solutions and went to the international partners, uh, regional partners, and themselves to seek also their support to enable them uh, to undertake. And it's a program which uh, began way back 2007, and it's looking by 2030 to achieve this. There are already achievements already being seen, and we hope then this will already set the benchmark of what an ambitious, coordinated restoration uh, movement can look like at a continental uh, scale. And of course, 2021 this year marks the start of the UN decade uh, for ecosystem restoration. A decade arrives at a crucial juncture, crucial juncture for African countries. They need or we need a large scale application of well established local and traditional knowledge and solutions to environmental challenges that can continue to live on this on this planet. You mentioned food security as being a significant issue. There's a lot of research going on with regards to intensive farming practices, high yield crops, genetically modified GMO crops. Are there environmental implications posed by these agricultural methods and practices? And can these environmental implications be balanced against the need for food production? Yes, indeed. And I would like uh, uh, us to get back to our Global Biodiversity Outlook, the fifth edition, which we launched last year in September, which recognized that overall unsustainable monocultural-based agriculture with high yields of external inputs will continue to drive biodiversity loss. And this was complemented by an FAO report 2019 on the state of the world biodiversity in food and agriculture, which also concluded that many key components of biodiversity in food and agriculture at genetic species and ecosystem levels were in decline, and that many drivers have actually have negative impacts on biodiversity because of overexploitation, overharvesting, pollution, overuse of external inputs, and changes in land and water management. And all these then, of course, are caused by inappropriate agricultural practices. But it's also recognized that major transformation of food systems will be required for the world to achieve food security and nutrition, and that this will profoundly affect what people eat as well as how it is produced, processed, transported, and sold, and our choices. We can see with these transitions that there's need to be more investments made in agriculture and food research, including careful assessment of modern technologies, biotechnologies, 
and to improve food and nutritional security, thus delivering the sustainable food systems in the wake of climate vulnerability and change. And of course, another interesting issue to consider is the controversies surrounding the use of modern biotechnology and digital agriculture, both of which often revolve more around how they are controlled and used than the fundamental nature of the technology themselves. And this points to the need to address power as matrices in innovation across food systems and in how knowledge is generated and disseminated. Knowledge systems that integrate core learning and bringing research and extension closer together, better linking international and national research and extension systems with local knowledge, farmer to farmer knowledge exchange will also equally be important to be able to balance some of these interactions. And last year's CBD conference of the parties was postponed due to the pandemic, as many events were. Uh, currently, this is scheduled to go ahead again in May. Um, is this likely to happen? And, and if not, is a virtual conference an option? It is unrealistic to assume that we can proceed with a conference of the parties in May. There are still too many uncertainties associated with the pandemic. So we're hopefully looking uh, to still holding our next conference of our, the parties in Kuming, China. And we are still waiting uh, now for a decision from our host government of China uh, to give us a new date based on these global uh, circumstances. Elizabeth Mremma ending today's program. For more episodes from Africa Science Focus, go to www.sidev.net or subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. You can get in touch with our team via WhatsApp text or voice message on plus 254-799-042513. Today's program was produced by Harrison Lois and edited by Fiona Broom. This program was funded by the European Journalism Centre through the European Development Journalism Grant Program with support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. <laughs>